Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for today. Thank you as we kick off this Christmas season, the opportunity that we have in this place to actually gather together in worship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, my prayer for myself for this holiday season and for these friends in this place is that you would not allow the familiarity with the Christmas story to squelch or to dampen or to prevent our hearts from being tuned in and in awe and in astonishment of the fact that the king of the world would send his son as a baby to be the ransom for our sin, to pay the penalty for our sin, To, in a sense, Lord, be born to die. That's why you were born. You were born to die. But not only to die, but to be raised from the dead and to come back for those of us who know you. I pray that you would make this story of Christmas new to many of us that have heard it over and over and over and over and over again. Lord, maybe for some of us that we would hear it for the first time in such a way that we would open our hearts to the true meaning in the true Savior of Christmas. Lord, speak through your word today. Thank you for speaking to our hearts already through the music, reminding us how good you are and that you are worthy of everything that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've got your Bible, if you'll open up to Luke chapter 2, you probably already know, oh, that's the Christmas story. How appropriate. Luke chapter 2. And we're just going to read a, a few verses along the way this morning to get us going. And uh, let's just jump right in. Luke chapter 2. It came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, a census to be taken of all the inhabited earth. And this was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all who were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city... And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. Let me just stop right there. We'll continue reading in a moment. This morning, I want to talk to you about the hope of a shepherd. There are a lot of different characters in the Christmas story, and hopefully during the next few weeks... You'll be reminded of some of those, maybe even take note of those. Of course, we know Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus 
are characters in a part of the Christmas story. We know the angels. And this morning we're going to talk about the shepherds and the hope of a shepherd. And I'll just go ahead and give you the very first point. Here it is. Shepherds were the first to receive the news about Jesus. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about shepherds. There are a lot of misconceptions about Christmas. I've mentioned some of those over my five years of being here as one of the pastors at Crossroads. You know, we have our nativity scene and we have the wise men showing up at the manger where Jesus is still a baby. We know biblically that's probably not exactly accurate. Historically, that's not exactly accurate. I've encouraged some of you that have a problem with that. If you have a problem with that, when you set up your nativity scene, put your nativity scene on the mantle, maybe put the wise men out in the garage as they're making their way to the nativity scene to make it more accurate. Uh, But there are a lot of misconceptions we have growing up here in the Western world about Christmas, and one of those is a misconception about shepherds. If you ask the average person, uh, they will tell you the usual version that we hear around Christmas time is that shepherds were poor and dirty. Some of them, some of them perhaps were. It's usually followed up by the idea that these angels appeared to the shepherds because they were the lowliest of the low and God wanted the angels to appear to the lowest of the low and the least of these because that's the kind of good, good father we have. That is true. That is the kind of good, good father we have. But that's not probably historically accurate about these shepherds. Jesus, of course, is concerned with those who are downcast and those who are hurting, but he's also concerned with everyone else. Maybe you find yourself here this morning... And you feel like you are an outcast in society. Maybe you feel worthless. Maybe part of how you feel has actually prevented you from actually allowing Jesus through the Holy Spirit to transform your life. is because you feel like I'm unworthy. I have some good news for you this morning. He is worthy. We just sung about it. And because he's worthy, when you and I accept the worthiness of Christ, we become Worthy because we take on his righteousness. So it's not about you and how you feel. It's not about whether or not you feel like an outcast, like many people think the shepherds were. But these shepherds, and I'm going to tell you along the way as we read some scripture this morning, were not the outcast of society. Most scholars who talk about them being outcast of society get their information from one of three places. So as we've gone through the book of Daniel, I've given you a lot of history. I know immediately sometimes when we start talking history, there's a portion of us that start to fall asleep. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. We need to know history. And usually one of the three things that you'll hear when people talk about the shepherds being uh, dirty or poor or outcasts of society comes from one of three places. Let me give you those three places real quick. This won't be on the screen. The first one is uh, people will talk about Aristotle, the scholar Aristotle. Because some of what Aristotle talked about when he talked about shepherds was that they were lowly and they were outcast and they were maybe the lowest of the low in society. The problem with that is Aristotle was not a Jew. Aristotle did not live in Israel. He was a Gre- from Greece. He was a Greek. And his view on shepherding uh, really is irrelevant to first century Judaism when this story takes place. He would not really have known what being a shepherd was actually about, though he liked to talk as if he did. The second place a lot of scholars get this information is the Mishnah. The Mishnah was a collection of 
rabbinical sayings that rabbis would say, and it, they would put these things and they would write them down. And in some of those collections, you read about uh, the shepherds and what they do. And it's interesting that if you have the opportunity to check this out, and you can go online and type this in and find these things, you'll find out something very interesting about the shepherds. The shepherds that we read about here in Luke were actually fulfilling temple duties. What does that mean? That means the shepherds were out in the fields on assignment. There's a whole sermon right there. They were out in the fields on assignment, tending to the sheep as a part of their temple duties. And the only ones that could get that responsibility or assignment to do those temple duties were priests. So these shepherds who were out in the fields that were keeping watch over their flocks by night, were out doing their duties for the temple and were more than likely they were priests. Why in the world would priests be performing these menial tasks of shepherding duties? Let me tell you. It's because the sheep that they were attending to were the ones that were going to be sacrificed for Passover. So these shepherds who were out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, keeping their temple duties... Priests assigned to make sure that the lambs and the sheep that they were tending to were without blemish and would be completely unharmed before sacrifice for Passover. It's very interesting that Jesus allows us to read what we have recorded here, that God in the beginning of, uh, of time, way back even before creation, there always was God. In His great providence, He knew that the angels were going to come and report to the shepherds this good news about Jesus Christ. Why? Because they were out there in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, protecting these lambs without blemish. It's also interesting, many of us know this, perhaps the most powerful passage that talks about shepherds is John chapter 10, where Jesus himself talks about shepherding and actually says, I am the good shepherd. There's a lot of other biblical characters that we read about in the Bible in the Old Testament that were shepherds. Among them are patriarchs Abraham and Jacob and Moses and King David and Amos. And yes, ladies, even Rachel recorded in Genesis chapter 29, a female shepherd. So for these shepherds that were out there keeping watch over their flock by night were priests doing the duties that they had been assigned to make sure the lambs were protected from blemish and going to be unharmed for the Passover that was yet to come. Shepherds were the first to receive the good news about Jesus. Let's keep reading. The angel of the Lord stood before them, verse 9, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all people. For today in the city of David there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let me just stop and mention a couple of things here. And this is the second point. The shepherds were the first to receive the good news. The news about Jesus is good news. Literally, we get the word gospel from that, from that word right there. Good news. Can I just share something with you this morning? Brandon alluded to it. There's a lot of problems in the world. There's a lot of craziness in the world. There's a lot of bad news in the world. But there's some good news in the world. I want to encourage you to take advantage of 
Many, 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 many people over the next few weeks are going to be talking about Christmas. You and I are going to have the opportunity to remind them that Christmas is good news. What is good news about it? It actually comes from the Greek word evangelism, from the word good news. It's a little, literal translation of the Greek word. And New Testament authors oftentimes use this word when they talk about good news to talk about salvation or liberation from sin or brokenness. And when you think about the fact that the shepherds were the very first to receive this good news, that should motivate us also as believers in Christ, brothers and sisters, to go out and share the good news. One of the reasons, if not the primary reason, we're going to gather in this space tonight with 170, 180 people so far, I believe, that have registered for a thing called Jingle Jam is not to talk about Santa Claus. We might talk about that a little bit. It's not to talk about Christmas trees. They're going to be up on the stage. It's not to sing Jingle Bells. We might sing Jingle Bells tonight. But the reason, the primary reason we're doing this tonight is to evangelize, to tell people without hope, guess what? There's good news. The good news is Jesus Christ loves you. And he came for you. And he gave himself for you. It's good news. In a world where there's a lot of bad news, people need good news. They need good news. This should be our focus. It was the focus for these angels to deliver this good news of great joy. It's interesting that the angel says in verse 10, Don't be afraid. Some of us are are afraid. Again, I love this because Brandon didn't really know what I was going to exactly be preaching on this morning, but he said this just in his comments as we were singing this morning. You, you may feel like you're unworthy of this good news. You may feel like that the devil, uh, that, that the God may even want to beat you up. God doesn't want to beat you up. God wants to love you. God does love you. As a matter of fact, he proved it, the Bible says, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. You don't have to measure up. Matter of fact, you can't measure up. I can't measure up. I can't run fast enough, jump high enough, do enough things, have enough quiet times in a row. If you come here this morning and you're like, wow, you know what? This is the first time I've been in church all year long. Guess what? Praise God. Welcome. We're glad you're here. That's just great. If you feel any guilt, it's not from God. God does not make you feel guilty. The Holy Spirit does not make you feel guilty. The Holy Spirit makes you feel conviction if you're a child of God. So if you sense something that you're trying to figure out, is this really guilt? If you're a child of God, it's not guilt, it's conviction. Because the Heavenly Father, is, the good Father, wants to draw you close to Him because He loves you. That's good news. And just like when my kids don't get things right, okay, I'll be honest, I'm human. Sometimes I do want to beat them up. And they're so glad I'm not God. But after I have that fleeting thought, maybe if I want to do that, you know what I want to do? I want to wrap my arms around them and say, I love you. I forgive you. You're mine. You belong to me. I love you. And that's the same way our Heavenly Father. is. this incredible good news of the gospel. People are, can I be honest? People are dying for this good news. You know, I, I don't know if you had this in school or if they do this anymore. But when I was in middle school, I think even high school, Heath, remind me, uh, even at Dorman, I believe, they had this PA system. They would have the announcement system. And right before, you know, right before the class started, right after the tardy bell, you know, you'd have the early bell, 
beep, you know, then you have the tardy bell, beep, and then you'd have this, good morning, class, it's time for today's announcements. And they would go through the announcements, and they would tell you everything, you know, this Friday we play, you know, we play Bowling Springs High School, and today's lunch is square pieces of pizza and corn and chocolate milk, you know, whatever. They, they would go through this list of announcements, and people would stop, and the room would, for most of the part, would get quiet, because we'd want to know if we, today was pizza day or not. That's great. Announcements like that are great. Can I just tell you what? The shepherds, the shepherds received the greatest announcement, the greatest pronouncement ever given in the history of the world. The shepherds were the ones to receive it. It's amazing. This announcement that there's a Savior born to you. And again, you may feel like, well, Jesus didn't come for me. It's crystal clear in that passage of Scripture. Jesus came. The birth of the Savior is for you. And the angel goes on to say, for everyone. So I would just submit to you today. As a matter of fact, I love that the angel says, there's been born for you this day in the city of David, born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, if you look throughout the New Testament, there are so many words that the Bible uses to describe Jesus. Redeemer, Lord, Alpha, Omega, beginning, the end, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Lion of Judah. I mean, there's a list, there's a litany of names that the New Testament uses to describe who Jesus Christ is. And all those names are important, but perhaps the one that might be the most important for you and I is Savior. Because we all need saved. We, we use that word a lot in church culture, and, the, and people outside church culture don't really understand. What are you talking about? Saved from what? Saved from what? And if you're maybe wondering, saved from what? What do I need to be saved from? I'm okay. My life is great. I got my 401k. I got money in the bank. I got my 4,000 square foot house. What do I need to be saved from? That's hard to overcome in our culture when you have all those things. What you and I have to be saved from is the penalty of sin. That the Bible tells me there is none righteous, no, not one. And the wages of sin, my sin, my mistakes, the wages of my sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what what do I need to be saved from? I need to be saved from the penalty of sin. When I come to know Christ, what am I saved from? I'm saved from the power of sin because I can say yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and no to the enemy. And one day when we have that second Christmas we were talking about, when Jesus comes back to take those of us who know him, guess what? We'll be free from the power of sin forever and ever and ever because Jesus Christ will come back and take us to be with him. So this salvation is important and the shepherds were the first one to receive this good news about salvation. You may say, Pastor Jack, how do we know they received it? I mean, they heard it, but how do we know they received it? I'm so glad you asked that question because that gets us to the next point. The shepherds were not only the first to receive it, but they were the first to act on the news. How do we know they acted? Because here's what the Bible tells us in verse 12. The angel goes on, this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel, the single angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. Let me just stop right there and give you kind of a pastoral aside. 
please, don't allow. Hold me accountable on what I'm about to say for myself as well. Don't allow your familiarity with church, your familiarity with the worship center, your familiarity with worship songs, your familiarity with going through the motions of church, to forget what we're doing on Sunday is we are worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I have to be reminded of that. It's not always obvious visibly, but sometimes it can be obvious visibly. As we were singing this morning, Is He Worthy? I'm thinking, if I was standing in front of the presence of Jesus, what would my outward appearance look like? Here's the reality. You are standing in front of the presence of Jesus. You and I both every Sunday. And these shepherds, because they knew this good news that they had received, and the angels began to sing about it. Verse 15 says this, When it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began to say to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. We've heard the angels sing. We've heard the angels tell us about it. What are we going to do? We're going to act on it. Let's go check this out. Let's go find out about what we've heard about. Let's go check out this good news. Let's act on the good news. It's a lovely thought. Somebody said this, that the shepherds who were out looking after the temple lambs were the very first ones to go see the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. God allowed them to have that distinct privilege. The very first to receive it and the very first to act on this news. And how did they act? Verse 16 tells us they came in haste and, and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Brings us to the last point. The shepherds were not only the first to receive and act on the good news, they were the first to spread or to share the good news. They came in haste. There was no time to waste. Church, I'll just tell you, I, I wish, I, I, one of my prayers for us as a congregation is that we would move with the haste of the shepherds at telling people about the good news of Jesus. We've said this a lot over the last few weeks as we went through the book of Daniel and as we watch what's being played out on the national news in countries all over the globe. And sometimes it's easy. The, the hype of all that in the media has kind of got a crescendo and it's kind of heading back down now. And so what will probably happen among those of us who profess faith in Christ is we'll probably be lulled slowly back into mediocrity by the culture and by our busyness and by things we have to do. And we'll forget that at any given moment, Jesus may say, Done. It's done. Go get my people. Let's go. And the good news is only good if you hear it in time. You know what I'm saying? I got this coupon in my email a few months ago. I wanted to take my wife out to one of her favorite restaurants, Firebirds. 
hint. That'd make a good Christmas gift, by the way. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I got this coupon. I thought, I'm going to take her out. It's 50% off. It's like a BOGO. We're going to go to dinner. And I thought, this is great. This is good news. I'm going to surprise her. I, d- I pulled it up the next day, get ready to print it out and take her. And I looked down at the date, and guess what? Expired last week. It would have been good news had I actually acted on it, but I didn't. I put it off. I put it off. Can I just tell you, there are some of us who have friends and family members. What are you waiting on? To tell them about Jesus. Yes, the Holy Spirit's got to lead the way. Yes, He's got to open the door. Yes, He's got to provide opportunity. Yes, 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 yes. But at some point, you and I have to move just like the shepherds did into action and say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Easier said than done. Trust me. I know. I said this a few weeks ago, I believe. I have family members that need Jesus desperately. And not, not only would I tell you this, not only do they need Jesus, not as fire insurance, not just, oh, I accept Jesus, I'm saved, I'm not going to hell, check that off, go back and live my life like I want. I question that if that's really salvation according to the Bible. But what I really want them to have is an on-fire, engaged, daily communion, fellowship, relationship with the king of the world. That's what I really want. And just as these shepherds could not contain their excitement, and as the disciples grew and the early church grew still, they could not contain their excitement. The command for us as Crossroads Baptist Church is to have that same excitement. As a matter of fact, it's mandated in God's Word to go out into the highways and byways, into Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, and share the gospel, the good news. With everyone that we see. That's one of the reasons why we're going to have this room full tonight for a thing called Jingle Jam. That's one of the reasons why we do things like Trunk or Treat. That's one of the things why we're doing a Christmas Eve communion service. That's why we do what we do. To spend as a church the hard-earned money that it takes for you to get and give to this church. To not spend it for that purpose is being wasteful. Doesn't mean we won't have things that we do this fellowship for us and to encourage us as the body of Christ. Absolutely we'll do those things. But primarily, there's people out here that need to know what we know and not just know it, but act on it and it change their heart and change their life. I'm, I'm so excited that the shepherds caught the vision to do that. Who is to receive this message of the birth of Christ According to the angels who proclaimed his birth to the shepherds, this news, the angel said, it's good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. All people. So I have a couple of questions for you this morning and for myself. Have you received the announcement? Not only have you received it, as many of us have heard the announcement, but have we received the announcement and has it motivated us to action? Action in such a way that we're ready to share it with people who need it. Why, why would we share it? Why? Because the hope of the shepherd is the hope of the world. Christ. Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory, Paul said. And we have that great opportunity to share that hope. 
at a time in the calendar where perhaps now more than ever, people who might not be open to hearing the true message of Christmas are wide open right now because everywhere around them they look, they see twinkling lights and ornaments and things proclaiming the reason for the season. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for the hope of your son Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that as we look to these shepherds who are out in the field, carrying on their priestly duties, protecting those lambs to keep them spotless and blameless, that there was one lamb that would become spotless, that was spotless, that was blameless, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. The baby that was born in a manger, who grew up to be a little boy, a young man, the healer, the Prince of Peace. Lord, again, I pray that maybe for some of us today, the story of Christmas is afresh and anew. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this place today that has never really received that free gift. It's free. It's a free gift. And all the gift giving of the season, perhaps the most important gift, perhaps the most significant gift, the most costly gift is free. It's free. And church family, while you're praying this morning with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, can I just ask you, just take just a moment. Ask the Lord, say, where, where is my hope today, Lord? Where is my hope? Maybe like me this week, my hope has been redirected to that baby in the manger. Not in stuff, not in a person. Not even in my church family, as great as that is. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. Maybe this morning God has redirected your hope to say, you know what? That's where true hope can be found. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. I invite you this morning to say yes to Him. Not only will He give you freedom... Not only will He give you grace and mercy, but He will save you from the penalty of sin because He has already paid the price by giving His life for you on the cross. Lord, would you have your way during the invitation this morning? Speak to our hearts. And we'll say thank you for what you're going to do in Christ's name. Amen. Brandon is going to lead us in an invitation song in just a moment. I'm going to invite my friend Heath, our student pastor and teaching pastor, and uh, Stephen our worship intern to come join me. If you want to pray with somebody this morning, we'll be here to pray with you, encourage you, maybe pray for a family member or a friend that needs the Lord. If you want to pray yourself, you're welcome to do that this morning. If you need to recommit your life to Christ or maybe say, hey, I want to follow Christ through baptism or hey, I want to put my roots down here at Crossroads. Whatever decision you need to make, we'll be here as we sing. Would you stand with me? Let's sing together. Give the Lord this time of invitation. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort. 
Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.